Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, good morning. Good to see you today. Hope that you are having a great day. And I want you to pray for Jacob. Jacob leaves next weekend. He is going to uh, ship off to Kuwait for a year. And um, so he's going to be gone from us for a year. So you pray for him if you would, please. And uh, pray for his mom and his wife and his sisters. His dad's going to be fine, but uh, you pray. You pray for the rest of the family. Um, also, I want to uh, introduce to you the newest, newest part of our church here. Newest uh, little girl in our church. Where's Taylor and Chelsea? Are they in here yet? Are they? In? Oh, there they are. Would you stand and show us? Um, I is it Isla, right? Isla Love. Isla. She um, came close to delivering in the car on the way to the hospital. And uh, Taylor says, you know, you're close to delivering when you're, you're, you're YouTubing how to deliver a baby in the back of a car. And so praise the Lord. She got there and uh, had a beautiful, beautiful baby girl. How many of you think they ought to have a dozen more kids? How many of you think that? Just a dozen more. <laughs> Beautiful. I want you to also pray for the Black family, if you would, please. Uh, Nancy and uh, Matthew, their son Matthew. Don passed away, and uh, we've been praying for Don for several weeks, and uh, he passed away. The funeral is going to be here in the auditorium on Saturday, this coming Saturday at uh, 11 o'clock. And so if you're able to make that, I know the family would appreciate you being here. And uh, Don pastored uh, probably 40 years or so, pastored several different churches and uh, pastored here in Toledo, East Toledo Baptist Church for uh, 20 years and then retired and uh, have been here for several years, few years, three or maybe three or so years uh, as members. And um, so I enjoyed the Black family, enjoyed time with Don, but I know they uh, would really appreciate your prayers and uh, just through this difficult time right now. Today, this morning, I was just standing there just thinking about all the different emotions. Um, we have uh, a funeral. We have one that a family that's grieving over the loss of a husband and a dad. And then we celebrate the, the birth of a, a baby. And so there's a family that's celebrating that. We've got families coming and joining. And then we've got some that are that are leaving. And all the different emotions that you can take place here and uh, some good, some bad. It caused me to just think sometimes you weep and sometimes you laugh. Uh, but I'm thankful for our church, aren't you? I'm thankful for this body of believers the Lord allows us to be a part of. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11 with me today. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to look at a man by the name of Abel. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, also, if you'd find your place in Genesis chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 11, and also Genesis chapter number 4, keep your place in both of those. We'll be back and forth as we study this passage of Scripture this morning. We'll look at the life of, of Abel. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4, 
Let's read together there, if you would, please. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Let me read that again. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. I'm going to preach to you today this message on it, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel, he's speaking of here, and what we see in Abel is a shadow of the crucifixion or the death, there, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the blood sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross. The Old Testament, some wonder, why, why do we study the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament is a book of, of shadows, and the book of shadows that point to the New Testament truths. And so as we study the Old Testament, we see these shadows of the truths that we find in the New Testament. In Colossians 2.17, the Bible says this, the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. And what we're going to see here in this uh, story of Abel that we find here in Hebrews chapter 11, what we're going to see is the beginning of these shadows that are pointing to the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me to Genesis chapter 4. Hold your place in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I want you to go to Genesis chapter 4 because I want us to see this story of Cain and Abel. Many in this room probably know the story of these two brothers that were born from Adam and Eve, or first human beings. God created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve sinned. They ate of the fruit that they were told not to eat of, and, and Eve ate of that fruit. She was tempted by Satan and then gave that to Adam, and Adam disobeyed God, and he ate of it as well. And, and because of that, sin entered into the world. They had these two boys, Cain and Abel. The Bible Let's pick up reading the story of Abel in Genesis chapter 4. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Now, in this passage of scripture, we see two offerings. We see the first is the fruit of the ground. This is Cain. Cain was a keeper of the ground. Uh, 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 he had gardens and he, he brought uh, the best of what he could bring. He brought the best of his labor he brought to the Lord. Then we find the second offering. The second offering was what Abel brought. This was a, 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 a slain lamb. The one blood was shed and the other was just a, uh, the, the work that Cain had done. And we find here in this passage of scripture, the Bible says that God accepted Abel's offering, but he did not accept Cain's offering. And from this, I want us to see this story. There's two offerings that were given. One was accepted, one was not. One was based upon the works of one man, and the other was based upon a blood sacrifice of a, of a lamb. 
God said to Abel, I accept yours, the sacrifice of this lamb. God said to Cain, I do not accept yours, the fruit of your labor. And from this, Cain and Abel, there was a, uh, an argument or a fight, uh, if you will, in the field. And, and Cain then killed Abel that day because he was envious or jealous or angry that God accepted this sacrifice of his brothers and not his. And so I want us to see this contrast in this worship here today. I want you to see this. The, there's one of spirit and truth, and there's one of, of, of his own works. One, Abel did through, through obedience to God, a, a slain lamb, and the other was his own works. Cain gave a sacrifice of his own works. Now, as we get into this lesson today, I know if you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard the story of Cain and Abel. If you've been in church any length of time, you've heard that Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But I, but I, I want you to, to listen closely today. Because we're going to talk about something today. We're going to talk about the blood of Jesus Christ, the, the blood sacrifice that was made. And, and I want us to understand this today because there are some maybe that have been in, attending church for a lengthy period of time and you're really wondering, what, what, what's the difference between religions? I grew up in church. I grew up in religion. And, and really, what is the difference in religions? If I just believe God, isn't that enough? Does it matter what I believe, as long as I believe in God, is that sufficient for heaven? I want you to notice something here. Cain gave an offering to God. Abel gave an offering to God. But God only accepted one of their offerings. Cain worked and gave of his labor to the God. Abel sacrificed the lamb, and it was the blood sacrifice that God accepted. So I want you to see the contrast here of their worship because both of them were giving something. Both of them were, were giving it of a sacrifice. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice, the Bible says. Now, I know we live in a world where we're supposed to be tolerant, but we're not to be tolerant on things that sacrifice truth. I know, I know we live in a world where it said there's some 10,000 religions in this world today. The Hindu religion has 300 million gods that they worship. 300 million. So if, if, if there's 10,000 religions in the world, if there's millions of gods that these religions, religions worship, then, then what is right and what is wrong? If somebody is, is sincerely, sincerely sacrificing or sincerely giving to God or working to please God, what is right and what is wrong? Although there's some 10,000 religions in the world, the reality is this, there's really, really only two religions in the world today, and that is the religion that is true and the religion that is false. There's only truth, and, there's only, and there's false teaching. There is two religions in the world today. If we could sum them all up, there's a religion of grace, and there's a religion of works. 
The only, the only religion, the only one that believes that Jesus Christ or a blood sacrifice or a payment was made for your sin debt is Christianity. All of the religions are religions of works where man is required to do something or be something to try to gain God's favor, hoping that God allows him into heaven. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number four, we see this again. Let's look there, stay again, stay in Genesis chapter uh, four with me. Hebrews chapter four, look with me again. In uh, Hebrews 11, I'm sorry, chapter four, uh, verse four, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And so we see here, we see two two worships. We see Abel worshiping and we see Cain worshiping. We see in Cain's worship, as we read here in this passage of scripture, that God accepted Abel's. It was more excellent. We find in Genesis chapter four, this sacrifice that Hebrews 11 is speaking of, and we find in the sacrifice of Cain's, we find this good work, salvation by his own efforts. He was a tiller of the ground. He's trying to save himself by his own good works rather than by the sacrifice for the grace of God. And we see this in our world today. Many people, you ask them, are you going to, to spend eternity in heaven? Or what do you believe? And the majority of people think they have a chance in heaven because they're a good person. Some people will say this, I try not to sin. And, and I hope when I get up there that God is going to see that I tried really hard and, and that I really, really did good and, and hopefully he'll let me in. And the reality is this, that that is a works-based salvation and there is no salvation in works. Go with me to Hebrews chapter nine, just a page over from Hebrews 11, just maybe a page or two over. I want you to see something. The difference between salvation by grace and salvation by works or religion of works, look with me in verse number 22, Hebrews chapter 9. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Look at the second half of this verse. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. There's no forgiveness. There's no remission of sin. Unless there is a blood sacrifice, your sin and my sin cannot be forgiven. There's no salvation apart from the shedding of blood. So we find the worship of, of Abel back in Genesis chapter 4. In verse number 4, and Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flocks and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. We, saw, we find this, the, the worship that, that Abel had, it was based upon a blood atonement. Religion is what sinful people do for a holy God. And don't miss this. Religion is what sinful people do for a holy God. The gospel is, what, is the good news of what a holy God has already done for sinful people. And there's a difference between the two. 
Because religion will say to you, you must work to appease God. Salvation says God has already worked through Jesus Christ to save you. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to hide themselves with fig leaves. They tried to cover their sin. If you were to go study back in Genesis, you would find when Adam and Eve they uh, sinned, they realized that they had sinned, and in, in one of the things they realized in their sin is that they were now naked. They went and they took fig leaves and they put fig leaves together and they made themselves uh, uh, clothing to hide their, their shame and their sin and their nakedness. They thought that they could hide it based upon something that they could do. They thought they could hide it based upon the, the leaves and this is the picture, the foreshadowing. This is how we know that Cain and Abel understood the difference between what you could do to try to hide your sin or save yourself and, and what you must do for a blood sacrifice. Because when Adam and Abe sinned, they tried to hide themselves. But God clothed them with the skin of a lamb. And when God clothed them with the skin of a lamb, blood was shed. That was a foreshadow of what was to come in the New Testament through the crucifixion of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter number 13, verse number 8. Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8, the Bible says, And all that dwelled upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. The Bible says the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus was in the heart and the mind of God before the foundation of the world. This wasn't a, an afterthought. God knew that man would sin. God knew that man needed a, a, a payment for that sin, God knew that man could not save himself. And so from the foundation of the world, from the beginning of time, God knew that Jesus Christ would come and pay the sin debt that man owed. That sin debt could only be paid by the precious holy blood that would be spilt from the body of Jesus Christ. And so all through Scripture, people say, what is the Bible all about? all through scripture, you would find this red river of life. It begins to flow in Genesis and it flows all through the Bible, all the way through the book of Revelation. You know what we find? It's about the blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation for a lost mankind. God made coats of skin for Adam and Eve. There's a sacrifice that was made, a blood sacrifice. Abel offered a blood sacrifice, and God said that that sacrifice was acceptable unto him. Noah, if you remember the story of Noah, when Noah came off of that, of that ark, and, and, and uh, God destroyed that world that he was there at that time, all of earth, because of the sinfulness of mankind. When uh, Noah got off the ark, the first thing that Noah did was he took and he made a sacrifice to the Lord a blood sacrifice was made. Abraham was out on Mount Moriah. He offered a blood sacrifice. He found that ram that was in the thickets and he took that ram 
any 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 uh, place that ram upon that uh, that that altar, and a sacrifice was made. Back in Egypt, when God was going to call the people, His people, out of Egypt into the Promised Land, Moses told his his uh, uh, the Israelites to take a lamb and to sacrifice that lamb and to place the blood of that lamb upon the doorpost. And when the death angel would come, it would pass over them. It wasn't just take a live lamb and leave it at your doorpost. It wasn't take the fruit of the field and leave it there at your doorpost. It was to take the blood of the lamb, apply it to the doorpost of your home. And when the death angel sees that blood, it will pass over you. All through the Bible, we see this river of life, this red river of life, this this blood flowing. Then we find the law. The law that was given to the Israelites was a law of sacrifices that were to be made in all of this, all of this from Adam and Eve to Abel to Noah to Abraham to Moses to the law, all of it points to the cross of Jesus Christ that one day there would be the Lamb of God who would shed his blood once and for all be the payment of sin for all mankind. Look with me in Hebrews. If you're there in Hebrews chapter 11, just go a chapter over. Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number four. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. So here we find all throughout the Bible that there's a foreshadow. Now, there was a foreshadow the 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 bulls and the and the the rams and the sheep that were that were slain and their blood that was shed the bible says this that those those could not do what only jesus christ could do for jesus christ the perfect lamb he had to shed his blood for the salvation of all mankind you see the shedding of blood by jesus christ is what offered us forgiveness for our sins And so the religion of mankind, of good works. There's one major flaw through all of that. And that is this, there's no blood sacrifice. So a man or a woman, a child, a boy or a girl could work his entire life to try to find favor with God and come to the end of their life and find no favor with God. Because God does not look upon the works of man God only forgives sin based upon the blood of Jesus Christ. So this is what we find. Sin means death. But the blood of Jesus Christ means forgiveness. Sin means death. But the blood of Jesus Christ means forgiveness. And so first we see in this these two sacrifices, the sacrifice of a lamb, the blood was shed, and the sacrifice of Cain and his works, we see this contrast in their worship. Which one does God accept? He only accepts the one where blood was shed. We see, secondly, we see this, the consequences of their worship. Not only do we see a a contrast between their worship, we also, in this passage of Scripture, we're going to find the consequences of their worship. The difference between Cain and Abel is the difference between righteousness in unrighteousness. Now, please, I, I don't miss this today. 
because I believe there's a lot of people that attend church. They are good people. They want to serve the Lord, but they have no idea the blood of Jesus Christ and what it means. The power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. Coming to a Baptist church will not save you. Being a member of this church will not save you. Being baptized in these waters or any, any waters will not save you. Religion cannot save a person. Good works cannot save a person. Living a life that you think is pleasing to God cannot save a person. We must do it God's way, not man's way. And that is the contrast between Cain and Abel. Abel made a sacrifice that God demanded. Cain wanted to do what he thought was right. He was going to present to God his fruit and his labor and what he thought God would appreciate. And so we see this contrast. Then we see this consequence. It's a difference between righteousness and unrighteousness. Please mark this in your heart someplace that God will not overlook sin. God will not overlook sin. God is too holy not to punish sin. People wonder, why, why, why would a loving, holy, righteous God ever condemn anyone to hell? God is not willing, the Bible says, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If a man or a woman spends eternity in hell, it is not because God doesn't love them. It's because they have tried to find favor with God their way instead of God's way. Romans 3.23, the Bible says this, for all have sinned. You know what the reality is? Every single person in this room, we are at the same level at the foot of the cross. We all have sinned. Every one of us have sinned. And the Bible says that we've come short of the glory of God. We've sinned, and therefore we have come short of God's glory. Go with me to the book of Romans, if you would, please. We'll read a few of these verses in Romans 3.24. Romans 3.24 Romans 3.23, the Bible says we all have sinned. Romans 3.24 says this, being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. When God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are past through the forbearance of God. You say, what is that? Propitiation, that's a big word. That, that just simply means satisfaction. Satisfaction. Who God hath set forth to be satisfied through faith in his blood. Nothing can satisfy the righteousness of God except for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing. 
Nothing satisfies. Oh, listen to me, the wonderful story, the fact that you and I are sinners and we can't save ourselves. The wonderful story, though, is this, that God is satisfied through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You and I can have forgiveness of our sins, not based upon who we are, not based upon our religion, not based upon our good works, but based solely upon the shed blood of Jesus Christ. When God sees you and sees me, He can see us redeemed, reconciled back to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing satisfies the righteousness of God except for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God cannot let sin go unpunished. Religion says you do your best, and hopefully God will see you and you'll find favor. The problem with that thought process is this. You're a sinner. And God can't let sin go unpunished. You can try to be a good person your entire life, but still sin. And there's no hope. In every single person here today, your sin will be pardoned in Christ or punished in hell. But it will not be overlooked. Every single person here, your sin is going to be pardoned in Christ or punished in hell, but it will not be overlooked. Salvation is by God's grace through Jesus Christ. And so we see the contrast of their worship. We see the consequences of their worship. And I want you to thirdly see this conflict of their worship. What, look what conflict comes. And this is what religion does. It brings conflict. Look with me in verse number, Genesis 4, verse number 5. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt not thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. I want you to receive this here. The very first murder was over religion. The very first murder recorded in all of human history was over religion. Cain was angry that his way was not received. And he took that anger out on his brother Abel, whose, whose sacrifice was received. I want you to think about all the conflict in the world today over religion. I've traveled this world. I've been to many different countries. I was in Tunisia, North Africa, and it is illegal there to teach and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're a foreigner and you're caught teaching or, or trying to convert uh, uh, someone there in that, in that country from, from uh, uh, um, Muslim into Christianity, they would jail you and kick you out of the country. You could be jailed, you could be fined for simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was in Cuba for 10 days. And in Cuba, it's, it's against the law to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
there was someone that followed us around thinking that we were going to start sharing the gospel. And for several days, we had someone from the government following us while we were in Cuba. I've been to nations around this world where it was a crime to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Religion, with religion comes conflicts. Go with me to the book of John, if you would, please. John chapter number 16. The gospel of John chapter number 16. Jesus says this, These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh. But whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. How many, how many throughout time, how many people have been murdered? The Apostle Paul actually was one that was going and murdering Christians and would find Christians and, 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 and put them to death. He stood there as, as Stephen, the first martyr, was stoned for preaching Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul stood there and, and, and held the coats of those that were tossing the stones. Paul thought he was doing God service. He thought he was doing a righteous thing. There was much conflict in their worship. We find it from the beginning of time with, with Cain and Abel. Jesus said this, he was on the same verse 3, and these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They'll do it in the name of God, but they don't even know God. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye shall remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. He says, this time is going to come. Oh, Christians, I, I believe this. We, as a New Testament church, we ought to be prepared. The time is going to come. That persecution is going to come as Jesus Christ and his return nears. Christianity is going to be persecuted. We have had great liberty. We have great freedoms here in this country. But I believe, because the Bible tells us, that as the day of the Lord approaches, great persecution is going to come. Great conflict is going to come. And Jesus encourages his followers to stand. To stand. You can't force anyone to take Christ. Have you ever realized that? You can't force anyone to be saved. The, 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 the Christian faith is spread with love, not force. In many countries, it's against the law to preach Jesus Christ. But salvation of Jesus Christ is by grace through faith, based upon the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and it is not in or ever coerced. You can't force someone into this. You can't put a gun to someone's head and say, say, accept Jesus Christ or else. The only way a person can be reconciled back to God is by accepting the gift of salvation, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. That's the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
You can't force someone into being a Christian. Just because your parents were Christians doesn't make you a Christian. These children that are growing up all around us in our church, just because you attend here, your grandchildren uh, that you bring to church, just because you bring them, it doesn't make them a Christian. A denomination doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian, what makes you forgiven, what makes you uh, accepted by God is when you accept the payment that Jesus Christ made only through his blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, Cain slew Abel. Cain lost. Abel won. Cain lost because he thought salvation was in what he could do. Abel won because salvation was in the shedding of blood. So really, there's only two religions in all the world. True and false religion. The difference, though, between these two is a difference between heaven and hell. And maybe there's some here today, and there are probably some here today, you're putting your faith in religion, and you think you have heaven, but heaven only comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, if there is any other way, then Jesus did not have to die. And why would God, a holy God, send his son Jesus Christ to be brutally beaten, to shed his blood, to go to that cross, to rise again from the dead, if there was another way? If just being a good person could get you salvation, then Jesus should not have come. If just joining a church or being baptized would get you salvation, then Jesus would not have had to come. But Jesus so profoundly said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So my question to you today is this, what are you putting your faith in? Your religion? Or the shed blood of Jesus Christ? What are you thinking that God is going to accept you based upon? Religion? Or the shed blood of Jesus Christ? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My friend, if you're here today and you have received God's grace through Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you are born again today, then, oh, praise the Lord, you, you have found what God is wanting to reveal to mankind. If you're here today and you have tried to find salvation any other way, your sins must have a payment. And if you don't go by the way of the cross, then you will spend all of eternity 
paying a sin debt that Christ paid for you. Would you receive him today? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.